بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم نحمده ونصلي على رسوله الكريم ما بعد continue with another malfuz another statement teaching of azad allah shah hakim muhammad akhtar sahab rahmatullah alaihi azad states here ke ek masla batata ho ke aziz e misr ki biwi ne jab hazrat yusuf alaihi salam ko wargalaya ke ye gunah karo warna main tumko jail mein dal dungi hazrat yusuf alaihi salam ne sajda mein gir kar dua nahi mangi balki wahan se foran bhage معلوم ہوا کہ موقع فرار پر موقع قرار جائز نہیں ہے کہ وہاں بیٹھ کر دعا کرو یوسف علیہ سلاط وسلام ون دا وائف آف دا منسٹر At that time, Yusuf A.S. Didn't, didn't fall in sajda day and start making dua. He didn't go in sajda and start making dua on that occasion. What he did was, he immediately fled from there. Though he knew the doors were locked, but he still fled towards the locked doors. What we understand from this is, that there are some occasions where it is compulsory to flee from there. such places such occasions where it's compulsory to flee from then to even stand there to make dua also is not permissible waha baith kar dua mat karo baaz log isi maashuk ke paas baith kar rote hain aur dua karte hain natija ye nikla ke dua karne ke baad mu kala kar liya sometimes it has happened a person now was on in a wrong place sitting next to somebody who is haram for him and now his heart oh in some way he is crying that what i am doing why am i doing this and he is making dua but he is sitting there he is not moving from there the end result was he still committed haram shaitan bahut chalak hai jis din banda ko zyada rote hue dekhta hai us din aur zyada guna karata hai the shaitan is also very very smart in his own way he when he sees somebody crying even more sometimes that very occasion he uses to involve the person in even more sin kehta hai aaj to bahut ro chuke pichle sab dhul gaye pichla hisab saaf ho gaya chalo aaj naya bazar lagaye shaitan now put it in the person's heart that now you cried so much so all the previous whatever had happened everything now you already wiped it clean so now that everything is clean from the past little bit more you do now it's like a new slate now so don't worry about it just a little bit carry on with it So in this way shaitan will get a person involved again in that haram. So therefore what is necessary is ke jab gunah ke asbab paida ho jaye to ye mauqa-e farar hai. Wahan se farar wajib hai. That when the means of sin come in front of a person there are certain things that can now lead him to sin. That is mauqa-e farar. That is an occasion to flee from there. not to be anywhere near there fafirru ila allah yani fafirru amma siwa allah ila allah the quran sharif allah taala says fafirru ila allah that flee towards allah taala the meaning of this is that fafirru amma siwa allah ila allah that from everything that is besides allah taala all the ghairullah flee from the ghairullah towards allah taala 
غیر اللہ سے اس وقت بھاگنا فرض ہے وہاں بیٹھ کر اس وقت دعا مانگنا قرآن کی روشنی میں جائز نہیں ہے compulsory in the light of this ayat of the Quran Sharif and to sit down there and make dua this is not correct jaha har taraf magnet lage ho waha baith kar dua kare ke ya Allah main na khinchu to dua mangne ke bawajood magnet khinch lega like a magnet so now a person he's put a magnet some some steel in front of a piece of magnet so that magnet is its very nature is that it will drag the steel towards it a little metal whatever it is so now the person puts that metal in front of the steel uh, in front of the magnet and is making dua ya allah this magnet person pull this metal towards it so that's in his nature he's going to do that so likewise a person now is sitting at some point where there's some haram means there there's some things that going to take him towards haram he's sitting close to some namaharam So that is like steel or metal in front of this magnet. Now he's making dua that this magnet must not pull the steel. Pehle bhaago, bhaagne ka hukam bhi to Allah hi ka hai. Ke na munasib mauke se bhaago. Waha bhaagna ibadat hai. Bhaagna farz hai. Bhaagna marzi ilahi hai. Manchai ilahi hai. Ke tezi se bhaago. At that time to flee from there, this is Uh, the command of Allah Ta'ala. This is ibadat at that time to flee from there. And this is what Allah Ta'ala is going to be pleased with. That you run away from there very quickly. Warna husn ke magnet to make kinch lenge. Otherwise, the magnet of beauty will then pull you and involve you. Magnet bhi to Allah hi ka hai. Unhone husn ke magnet laga rakhe hai. Or bhaagne ka hukam bhi wohi de rahe hai. لہذا ان کے حکم پر امر کیوں نہیں کرتے اللہ تعالیٰ کریٹڈ دا میگنیٹ آف بیوٹی آلسو اینڈ اللہ تعالیٰ گیو دا کمانڈ آف فلنگ فرام دا از ویل اللہ تعالیٰ کمانڈ سو وائی از اے پرسن ناؤ ناٹ پریکٹسنگ آن دا کمانڈ آف اللہ تعالیٰ بس جہاں موقع فرار ہو وہاں سے فرار واجب ہے قرار جائز نہیں خواب بصورت دعا ہو دیفو وے اے پرسن از سپوز ٹو فلی فرام اٹس کمپلسری ٹو فلی فرام دے To stand there and even make dua also is not permissible. Hazrat Yusuf alayhi salatu wasalam bhaage thay, bhaagne se taale tute hai. Allah ne madad ki. Or bhaagne ka inaam mil gaya. Taale khud bakhud khul gaye. Pas joh anbiya alayhi musalam ka amal hai, us ki naqal ummat par wajib hai. Ye sabak bhoot zaruri hai. Aaj zaruri sabak diya gaye hai. Hazrat Yusuf alayhi salatu wasalam, he was away, the doors are locked. But he ran towards those locked doors because this was a moment to run from there. When he did what was in his capacity and he ran, he fled towards Allah Ta'ala, then those locked doors, those locks automatically opened on their own. He didn't have to do anything further. The help of Allah Ta'ala came. So this was the amal of Yusuf Salam, And in this way Allah Ta'ala saved him and protected him those who will adopt this or this is something that is now compulsory on the ummah to adopt this is a lesson from a great nabi of allah taala 
This is a very important lesson that when there is some situation where a person is going to be involved or is being tempted or there's some means of sin that are going to now tempt him, then that is not a point to be anywhere present nearby. That is Mawqai Farar. That is a place to run from. That is a place where a person has to make amal on Fafirru ilallah. That flee towards Allah Ta'ala. So one is something which one has to flee from, but that is in the case like for example a person goes to some place, now there's non mahrams there. He's going to be seated somewhere in such a manner that he's close to some non mahram. What is going to be the end result? Or anything of that nature. But the other is where he is keeping something with him. So for example, somebody's phone has become a problem. That is becoming a means of haram, means of sin. So now he has to practice on fafirru ilallah from that device as well. The person that is also now more the farar, but now how he's going to leave his phone and run somewhere? He'll have to get the phone out of his system. He'll have to get those devices out of his system, which are leading him to haram. Many a times, this is the old thing that we've heard, and we have spoken, we have said, maybe from childhood days we've heard this, that person does not fall in the same hole twice. So we've heard it long time. We've said it also. We might have even used it in our defense for something or the other. Somebody told us to come somewhere, do something. But we thought this fellow is now playing some mischief on us. He's trying to put us into some trouble. And we already experienced it once from him. We tell him, person doesn't fall in the same hole twice. You already dropped me one time. You already caused a problem for me previously. I'm not coming again. So with where our worldly loss, we have suffered something or some problem or difficulty in dunya, then we are very, very intelligent, we are very sharp and we remember this, that the person doesn't fall in the same hole twice. But when shaitan is repeatedly dropping a person in some ditch which is taking him towards Jahannam, then with difficulty he came out and then shaitan with a little bit of dangling something again in front, and the person goes headlong. That time we don't tell shaitan, the person doesn't fall in the same hole twice. So now we saw which bait shaitan used. The bait shaitan used is also in front of us. We know what, what I got hooked on, and how shaitan reeled me in. The whole thing that hook, line and sinker is everything in front of us. But yet we get caught hook, line and sinker again. So this is as a result of not staying far away from those asbab, from those means. So that bait now must no more be in front of us. Because bait is bait. And that's what shaitan uses, that's his bait. That's his full time job, he's got no other work. Besides trying to mislead people, get them involved in sin. So the very important thing, unfortunately, this is something which... A person sometimes says, well, fine, I've made Toba now, so everything is okay. But he's not yet prepared to get rid of the means of sin. So when we're not yet prepared to get rid of the means of sin, so the source of the heat is still there. 
The heat is going to reach. One is that the person now has come into a cold place, so now he'll feel cold. But when he went back, he went back and sat next to the fire. The person is in Atikaf, he's in the masjid, in the month of Ramadan. He came out from the environments of the heat. He's away from the devices, whatever else. So he'll feel comfortable, he'll feel cold, he'll feel that that heat is now gone. That will be hap- happening, that's a barkat of the month of Ramadan, the barkat of the house of Allah Ta'ala, the barkat of Ahtikaf, person is engaged in ibadat, in tilawat. That will happen. But now after Ahtikaf is over, month of Ramadan is over, and now the person goes back and sits next to the furnace. Now all the things that are creating that heat are all around, so that heat is going to reach. It's human nature. So then, all that, whatever was acquired, suddenly the person won't even remember what was acquired. And before he knows it, he's headlong back into everything. So the important thing is, one is Alhamdulillah, Sumba Alhamdulillah. The month of Ramadan comes, we all, with the fazl of Allah Ta'ala, make tawbah from many, many things. It's Allah Ta'ala's fazl as well. Otherwise, sometimes the tawfiq of tawbah also goes away. This is actually, the ulama kiram have explained the signs of a dead heart. There are various signs that the heart has died, spiritual heart. One person came to Hassan Basir Rahmatullah once, and he said to him, that my heart, I think, has stepped away. My heart has stepped away, so I've come to you for some advice. So he said, what do you mean it has stepped away? He says, I hear advice of deen, I... I'm told things sometimes, I read things sometimes, but there's no effect on my heart at all. I think my heart is sleeping. Hassan Basir replied and said that a sleeping person, if somebody shakes him, he wakes up. He's sleeping, he doesn't know what's going on. But somebody comes and shakes him up, then he wakes up. So, if the heart is sleeping, then when there's some advice given, some nasihat given, person is reading some advice somewhere, then this is like somebody shaking a sleeping person. So that should wake the heart up. If it's still not waking up, then don't call it sleeping, it's dead. A dead person, you shake him, he doesn't wake up. So this was a way of actually trying to make the person realize that don't take this casually. It doesn't mean now there's no hope. As long as there's life, there's physical life, then there's hope for spiritual life. The doors of Allah Ta'ala's mercy are always open. As long as there is a person's life, he hasn't reached the pangs of death, then that is still, the opportunity is still there. But when the heart has died, then it requires a major revival for that heart to come back to life. Then a person has to undertake ICU treatment. In this, Kitab has mentioned one incident in Karachi, one person was had this kind of life where he would just go on sinning without any care. People would advise him, speak to him. He couldn't be concerned. He would just continue doing what he wanted to do. And perhaps this was his story that, well, later we'll see. We'll make toba later. This toba later, this is one of the aspects we're talking about. That the ulama kiram have mentioned signs of a heart that has died. <coughs> That a person recklessly sins 
that I'll repent later. He's sinning recklessly. He is, that thought of Toba is coming to mind too, or he's, he's, that consciousness is sometimes coming to mind as well, that look, this is wrong, this is not supposed to be done, this is haram. I shouldn't be anywhere near here. And he still tells himself, leave it now, don't worry about it now. We'll make Toba later. So he's consciously sinning, realizing he's sinning, the thought of Toba is coming as well. Allah Ta'ala is inspiring something in his heart that don't do this. He's saying, no, carry on now, make Toba later. That is a sign of a heart that is dying or died. That person is now recklessly committing guna, sin, and he's saying, we make Toba later. Does he have any guarantee of what's later? When will that later be? I mentioned there was one person who was, this was his life. And towards, suddenly he got very ill and it was his last moments. So people around are making talqeen. Somebody is saying, just make toba now, whatever your life passed, make toba. So he was still quite conscious, still speaking, but it was clear now that this person is on his way out. They're telling him, make toba. So he replied, he was still conversing. He replied and said that I am able to say what I want to say in terms of other things. I want to drink this, give me some water, give me this, that. All that I am able to speak, as I am speaking I can speak, but that word you are saying is not coming out of my mouth. That word, in other words you are telling me make toba, that is something which I can't bring on my tongue, it is not coming on my mouth. And this person passed away like that. Now, this question can come that he's able to say all the words. This toba also is made up of four letters, ta, wow, ba, and ha. So now what brought that lock on this one word toba? Oh, the thought of now, or the way of repenting, that he can't even bring it on his tongue, he's conversing, speaking, talking, everything else. So this is something which is the very dangerous thing. Wallahu yahulu al mar'i wa qalbi. The crux of this is, that Allah Ta'ala sometimes then takes away the tawfiq of toba. The toba then the person doesn't even cross his mind, or if it passes his mind too, he says later. And that later becomes until he's already the late. And that toba opportunity never came. So this is the issue that becomes very dangerous then, that a person keeps falling into it headlong. And the toba also then get snatched away. <coughs> so the lesson in this was that the asbabe guna, the means of sin, that is something that is crucial that a person has to stay far away from the means of sin. The lesson that we always discuss normally the last day or so, so that this remains as a lesson for us when we leave, that to maintain whatever has been acquired, and the four things that are normally discussed about how to move forward. So the first thing is gunahosem muhafazat, staying safe from sin. But together with that, asbabe gunahosem muba'adat, staying safe from sin, that is the crucial issue. But that is not possible until asbabe gunahosem muba'adat, until a person doesn't adopt a distance from the means of sin. Until he doesn't take himself far away from the means of sin, then he is 
like that fish swimming in the ocean, just around that hook where the bait is. Sooner or later he's going to bite on it. And then he'll be hooked in. So this being away from the means of sin is very important. How many people say that I had, I didn't have the slightest intention of doing anything out of line. I was just scrolling for something else or whatever and before I knew it, some other thing flashed on that screen and I was gone. So now if this is the case, why even be anywhere near such things? Person now, as we just said right at the beginning, that when we are confronted with worldly issues, some loss we suffered once, then we say a person doesn't fall in the same hole twice. Then we have that intelligence not to fall in the same hole twice. So, that worldly loss is a very, very, very minute loss compared to dini harm, compared to the loss of akhirat, compared to the loss of getting distanced away from Allah Ta'ala. So how much more careful we have to be in this regard? So the asbab guna So if somebody's devices, his phone, some other, whatever devices he has, is leading him to guna, is leading him to sin, this is something that he needs to make a decision about. There have been people who repeatedly fell into something, eventually the person finally realized his folly, then no matter what the price of that device was, the phone was several thousand rands, he broke it. Now somebody will say that is this not wasting wealth? No. This is not wasting wealth. Nabi Salaam once passed by one Ansari's house. He had just made something which was way above the standard of the time. Nabi Salaam didn't say anything. But Later, when the person came and he made salam, so he didn't get a reply. Now, this was a way of tarbiyat. And the sahaba kiram were of that caliber and that level that they didn't have to be told in detail something. The slightest indication was enough for them to start becoming hyper-conscious. Now this was enough that something is amiss. I didn't get a reply to my salam, there's some problem. What is the problem? So he inquires some others, what happened? Something has happened. I don't know, can't put my finger on the issue right now, but what is the problem? You say, well, we don't know, but Nabi Islam passed by your house that you just recently constructed, way above the standard. And he merely inquired, whose is this? And it was perhaps that. So what does he do? We've heard the incident, we've read it in Fazail Amal, repeatedly heard it. He goes and he demolishes that entire structure, demolishes it. And then he comes back, he doesn't even come and make some kind of big claim for himself that, look what I did and I did this and that, he demolished it. Later on, Nabi Salaam passes by, he sees this place is now clear, that thing is no more there. And then he says that, this dunya is not the place, the crux of it, to now attach our hearts to and be making big plans for dunya. But the point is, Nabi Islam didn't disapprove of this, that he demolished this. This was a source of the displeasure of Rasulullah Islam to a point. So something that became the source of the displeasure of Nabi Islam, he removed it out of the system, demolished it, destroyed it. 
So that was something that he wasn't reprimanded for. Why did you do this? Hazrat Aisha radiallahu ta'ala anha, somebody, one woman came and she was wearing a very thin scarf. It was thin to the point where it was like almost transparent. So Aisha Nana took it and tore it. According to some riwayat, if I remember correctly, she put it into the tanur where the fireplace was. Burnt it. So now somebody can say that this could have been still used for something else, maybe not for wearing as a scarf, because that was not a suitable head, something to cover the head with. It was defeating the purpose. So she took it and tore it. She took it and destroyed it. So something that becomes a means of one earning the displeasure of Allah Ta'ala. And especially something that is repeatedly drawing one into a pit of destruction. Then that cost is now is nothing. If a person is destroying that for the sake of getting closer to Allah Ta'ala, that's a cheap bargain. That is a very cheap bargain. Unfortunately, this cell phone has become one of the biggest fitnas of the time. Even the house of Allah Ta'ala, wherever, anywhere, in so many ways, not necessarily that a person deliberately is now committing something haram with the phone. Many times, passed by somebody, generally in the masjid, not necessarily here we're talking about. Sometimes, see a person now, he's looking and scrolling at some messages. But now on those messages, on the side, there are pictures of people. But now people don't give a second thought to it. That Now this is bringing pictures inside the masjid as well. That's a picture. To take that picture to start off with is impermissible. The curse of Allah Ta'ala in the Hadith Sharif it comes. That inna ashaddan nasi azaban yawm al-qiyamati al-musawwirun. The worst punishment on the day of Qiyamah is for those who were making pictures in dunya. A picture is a picture of any type. Now that picture is being brought inside the house of Allah Ta'ala. But now this doesn't even, not that the person is even conscious of it. But that's what's happening. So the issue that the malaika don't come close to the person who is got any pictures with him etc. Now that has come inside the house of Allah Ta'ala. So how many things this has now become the means of? What not goes on? So we have to become very, very conscious of this, very careful about it. This is something which is like a person playing with live coals. Holding live coals in his hand. Person who knows how to hold it well and good. Otherwise he will get burnt. So, asbabe guna is what we are talking about. Fafirru ilallah. This ayat of the Quran Sharif, Allah Ta'ala has given the command that flee towards Allah Ta'ala. Fleeing towards Allah Ta'ala is that from all things that will now become a means of a person getting to sin. That is a place of mawdi'i farar. That is a place of fleeing from. That is necessary to move away from there. And if it is something that we got to get out of our system, then we got to get it out of our system. Otherwise, it's that same issue that that bait, shaitan has now kept, and uh, that fish is swimming around that bait, how long? Sooner or later he's going to swallow that. And then to now think of how to unhook this is going to be a very big problem. Allah Ta'ala protect us and safeguard us.
Yesterday we discussed the issue of casting glances, haram glances, lustful glances, and the evil of this. That discusses one aspect here in some detail. It isn't time to go into this detail now. But he's talking about domestic problems and people have numerous complaints sometimes about the difficulties they have from their wives. So that gives various incidents that this is something to take in one stride, something to make sabr upon and to make the effort to rectify the situation. And sometimes many a person's islah gets made in this way. So in any case, these are the things that Hazrat discussed, inshallah, we probably will discuss some of these things later. But having discussed all that, in the process Hazrat gives the example of Hazrat Mirza Mazhar Jane Jana Rahmatullah great buzurg of his time. For those who are familiar with these names, studying deen, etc., great personalities like Allama Shami Rahmatullah Hazrat Sayyid Mahmud Baghdadi Alusi Rahmatullah the author of Ruhul Mahani, such great personalities were in his silsila. So, this is something, this, he was a very great personality and a person who had such a sensitive nature, such a sensitive nature that once somebody gave him one, like a duvet, hand-sewn duvet as a hadiya. So now somebody brought it, some woman made it with her own hands and she sent it as a gift. So out of appreciation for this, he used it. That morning he woke up, his eyes are red, it's obvious he hasn't slept one wink. And he's tired. The Khadim, Shah Ghulam Ali asked him that he didn't sleep last night. He says, no, I couldn't get any sleep. One wink of sleep I didn't get. What was the problem? Something is troubling. He says, no, this lady made this thing, but the threads weren't straight. It's a little bit crooked. That crooked threads affected me that I couldn't get sleep the whole night. Now imagine a person with the delicate nature of that, that extent. That once the Nawab of the time, like the kings of the time, came to visit him, he knew his caliber, he knew the personality, so he came to visit him, so he just entertained him in the same manner in his simple surrounding, so he wanted to drink some water, the king wanted to drink some water, there was one little earthen jug there, one cup there next to it, so he said, well, help yourself, so he poured the water, drank it, and then he replaced the glass, but little, not in the manner it should have been, little crooked, so, Immediately, just merely seeing this being placed crooked gave him a headache, gave us a headache. But he kept quiet, he just made sabr. After some time, as now this king was about to leave, so he now offered, he said that, I wish to send you a khadim who will serve you, I will pay him for his employment, for his services, but he'll serve you. So then he replied to that Nawab and king and said to him, that all this while I made sabr, but now I am forced to speak. That you being the king, you couldn't place your cup, the cup correctly. Your khadim, what he'll be? How much he'll give me? How many headaches he'll give me? With your way of keeping the cup, I got a headache. He will day and night give me a headache. So a person of that delicate nature. But he was divinely inspired. He was inspired that there is this woman in the certain village who is very uh, pious. She is in terms of a salah, zikr, ibadat, all these things, she is very good. 
but she has a very wicked temper. You get married to her and we will make your road ahead take place. The higher stages you will reach. And he got married to her. And he had a lot of sabr. Imagine a person of this nature, of this delicate nature. And she would, whatever came in her mind, she would say to him. And sometimes some people would come to visit him. And they would say, I came to visit Hazrat. So she said, what Hazrat? You ask me who's Hazrat. All this chakkar baz, just deceiving the whole ummah. And all these kind of things. Once one patan came and he came to fetch the food and she started giving all her this person in his nature was he couldn't tolerate this he took out his dagger that he's walking around with how dare you speak in this manner then he realized how can I do this that whatever it is the wife of my sheikh so then he put the dagger in back and then he came back crying and he's saying to her Mirza Sahib that what on earth are you even tolerating this for so he replied to him and said that the doorway Allah Ta'ala opened of wilayah to me to the higher levels, this is the doorway. This is the doorway Allah Ta'ala has opened out for me. So you want me to get this doorway out? So in any case, I discussed all these things. And then, as a rounding up the topic, Hazrat then says, لیکن عام لوگوں میں میاں بیوی کے اختلاف کی وجہ بد نظری ہے. Linking up to yesterday's discussion, Hazrat discussed all the various other reasons why these things sometimes happen. But in many cases, Hazrat says, in many cases, the disputes between spouses is often the reason for it is badnazri. Casting haram glances, lustful glances, often this is the reason. Jo badnazri karta hai, usko apni biwi achi malum nahi hoti. The person who goes around casting glances outside, he will never have any feelings towards his wife. Agar che wo achi aur khubsurat ho, even though she might be very beautiful, she might be very good in her nature, everything, but he will still have no inclination towards her. Magar jo log nigaah ke mariz hai, unko nigaah haram ki aadat par jati hai. Ghar mein apni amma se larte hai, ki tumne kitne number ka chashma laga kar intikhaab kiya tha. Now the person, because of this haram habit of his, that he is looking around outside, and he is casting haram glances all over the place, now he comes inside and he's even fighting with his mother also. That I don't know what type of glasses you wore and went, when you went to look for a wife for me. So, in any case, this is the crux of the discussion. But tamizi ho rahi hai aur biwi ka dil alag dukha raha hai. Ke kaash ke tum aisi hoti jaisi ke hum daftar mein dekh kar hai. Now he's even humiliating the wife of his that you are nothing, if only you were like the one I saw in the office and came. So these are the things that now, people unfortunately, where does this stem from? And this might sound like a, uh, something that's just said on a, on a lighter note, just to emphasize the point. Very, very tragically, this is not something just being said on a lighter note to emphasize the point. These are real life incidents. Every now and again, there's some email that will come and where some person will be quoting the kind of statements the husband makes. The kind of statements that the husband is making against the wife, things that are not speakable in the house of Allah Ta'ala and unimaginable and comparing others 
in a most, the, the manner in which things are done, one wonders how can a person even think in that manner, how can he even allow such things to ever come on his tongue. But the issue is the same thing, that when that disease sets in, now the person, he doesn't care, he's, he's totally insensitive to everything. So now he's comparing his wife to everybody on the street, all the haram on the street, he is looking at that, and as a result, this is what he's doing inside the house. Allah Ta'ala ka hukam mano or nazar ki hifazat karo. He says that obey the command of Allah Ta'ala and look after your gaze. Jo nazar ki hifazat karta hai, usko gar ki chutni roti, plow korma malum hoti hai. Person who will protect his gaze, even though at home he might have, in the expression of the same chutni roti, he might not have the most beautiful wife at home, but she will still be the most beautiful in his eyes and the best person in his eyes. تو جو نظر بچاتا ہے وہ آنکھوں کے زنا سے اور حضور صلی اللہ علیہ وسلم کی لعنت سے محفوظ رہتا ہے the person who protects his gaze and he does not commit zina of the eyes he will stay safe from the لعنت and the curse of رسول اللہ صلی اللہ علیہ وسلم اس لئے بزرگوں کا تجربہ بیان کرتا ہو کہ جو لوگ نگاہوں کی حفاظت کرتے ہیں ان کی آنکھوں میں ایک خاص چمک ہوتی ہے therefore I'm expressing the experience of many buzurganadeen many great pious people that those who protect their gaze then there's a certain light noor in their in their eyes and allah taala puts this effect in them and those who don't protect their gaze jo nazar kharab karte hain unki aankhon mein chamak na hoti hai na chehra par noor hota hai chehra par laanati aasar hote hain those who don't protect their gaze Neither is there this light or noor in their eyes, nor is there any noor on their face. One can actually perceive the effects of lanat on their faces. This is something which we might wonder how. One person came once, Hazrat Usman Adilawtalan was making wudu, and this person, uh, Usman was sitting in a gathering, and this person came and sat there, and the Ahlullah don't expose anybody. They will guide, they will help a person come out of the problem, but they don't expose a person. So in a very general way, after a while, so that nobody even knows who is being referred to, he then just said, مَا بَالُ أَقْوَامٍ يَتَرَشَّهُ مِنْ أَعْيُنِهِمُ zina. What is the problem with some people? Very generalized statement. So nobody knows who is being referred to. What is the problem with some people that zina is dripping out of their eyes? Now how did he see this? The person had committed some wrong, looked at haram before he walked in. So the effects of that, like many a times the hakim, doctors sometimes see some symptoms on the person. Now the layman, he can't make out any difference. He sees the person, he sees him. Sometimes it's such a clear symptom that even every layman can make out. Person now, his whole body is turning yellow. So that somebody who doesn't have any knowledge of medicine also, he sees, seems you've got jaundice. So just as this is a very open symptom, some symptoms are subtle, but those subtle symptoms can be made out by those who have that understanding, that vision, that sight. Allah Ta'ala blesses that inner vision. So in any case, as I was saying, a person who co- keeps committing these kind of sins, lustful glances, etc., let alone any noor in his eyes, face, etc., one can actually perceive 
the effects of lanat, the effects of the curses that Nabi Islam has invoked on such a person. So, my friends, I say that if you don't see it, what will happen to you? And what will you get from seeing it? That friends, if you don't commit this haram, what harm you'll do to yourself? Nothing, you'll lose nothing. And if you look, what will you gain? Also nothing. You'll gain nothing besides problems and difficulties. So therefore, save yourself from these problems and difficulties. Allah Ta'ala give us tawfiq. Subhanallah, bihamdihi, subhanakallah, bihamdihi.